The road we're on is paved in Garth. Come along on the journey. As we explore Garthology. Think of it more as a conversation. I like that. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin. Showtime! Hi guys, it's Deb. And I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. Welcome to another episode of Garthology. All three of us are excited to be here, so let's get right back into it. For Season 2, Episode 18 of Garthology, we're going to review the last five songs on Garth's seventh studio album, Fresh Horses. Fresh Horses was released in November 1995 by Capital Nashville and produced by Alan Reynolds. According to Garth's website, Fresh Horses is RIAA certified for over 8 million copies sold. It had the biggest first week sales of any previous Garth album, nearly half a million copies, and it debuted at number one on Billboard's Country Albums chart. This unique collection delivered two more Billboard number one singles, including She's Every Woman and The Beaches of Cheyenne. At the time of its release, Fresh Horses was Garth's first studio album in two years, a rebellious romp that broke musical boundaries that he'd already stretched to their limits. After the first week of its release, eight of the 10 songs on the album appeared on the country singles chart, another first in music history. Fresh Horses runs the gamut from the tender She's Every Woman and That Old Wind to the haunting strains of The Beaches of Cheyenne. From the soulful anthem The Change to the freewheeling It's Midnight Cinderella, and Garth's take on Aerosmith's The Fever. As I mentioned in our last episode, we will only be covering the original 10 songs that were released on Fresh Horses. We will not be covering the limited series version, which included the cover of Bob Dylan's To Make You Feel My Love. To get us started, we'll head over to Jess for song number six. All right, guys, song number six is The Change. It's like trying to stop a fire With the moisture from a kiss And I hear them saying You'll never change things And no matter what you do It's still the same thing But it's not the The Change was written by Tony Arada and Wayne Tester, and we've talked about Tony before, and we all know and love him, so I don't feel like we need to introduce him again, other than to say he's a brilliant songwriter, responsible for, of course, the dance, among many other amazing songs. Wayne Tester, however, I don't think we've mentioned before. I don't remember talking about him before. He's an American songwriter and producer who plays keyboard and synthesizer. He's worked with other country artists like Winona and Tracy Bird, but his largest body of work seems to be in the Christian music arena. Um, You can check out his Facebook page for more information if you want to know a little bit more about Wayne. 
This song was released February 28th, 1996 as the fourth single off of Fresh Horses. And it reached number 19 on Billboard's Hot Country Singles chart. And we've talked about it before and how it describes someone making an effort to make the world a better place, even though everyone tells them they'll never be able to change things and that all their efforts are in vain. And there's a specific line in the song, and I know we talked about it and I don't remember who specifically brought it up, but it says, like trying to stop a fire with the moisture from a kiss. And I know that I, if I didn't say it, then I chimed in that I love that line because I do. It's probably my favorite line from the song. And in the end, the songwriter concludes that even if he fails to change the world, he won't allow the world to change him, which I think is such a significant and impactful stance. And we talked at the time about how Garth, you know, has a few songs like that, that really are kind of um, indicative of, of his philosophy on the world and how he feels and how he tries to live his life. And this is one of those really strong songs. And I love it for that reason. And the music video, of course, was to pay respect to the victims of the Oklahoma City bombing. And we talked a lot about that. And it was directed by John Small, who's a world famous director. And it also debuted in February of 96. So it came out at the same time that they released the single. In the video, Garth's surrounded by large screens and they were showing news clips and photos from that day. And I know the three of us lived through that day and we're old enough to remember it. And we talked about at the time that we discussed the song last time, kind of where we were and things we remember from that day. But if you're, you know, again, a younger maybe fan and weren't around when that was happening, this is a really beautiful and well done video if you have a chance to go back and look at it. And just a great song if you're not familiar with it. It's the song and video are very powerful and I recommend that you check them out. I'm sure it's on YouTube. I didn't go back and look at it, but sometimes, sometimes if you find some Garth stuff on YouTube, it might be a slightly different sound. It's sometimes like slowed down or sped up a little bit, but I'm certain you can find it if you go look for it. Do you guys remember, was this uh, video one of the ones that's on the DVD with like, I think there's like 30 videos. It probably is on there. Yes. So if you have the box set that has the videos in it, it, it's probably on that disc somewhere. It is, yeah. I think musically, my favorite part is the piano in this song. There's a lot of really beautiful piano music. And probably if I heard this one live, I don't think I've ever heard, maybe in housekeeping, I don't think I've ever heard the whole thing live. I think I would probably still ball through it if we, you know, heard it from beginning to end at a live show. And uh, I think it would still be as touching now as it was at the time. But even though we've talked about it before, how about you guys? Do you have anything, Pete, that you want to add about this song? Yeah, I mean, I just love the change. The the range in Gar's voice on this song, it, it's amazing. I love the meaning, as I've said before, and I got to actually cover this song in season two, episode four. I talk about the reason for the song, about the Oklahoma City bombing, like you had mentioned, and the video. I mentioned how this song really paints a picture as far as, you know, how, in particular for myself, I, I live my life for my family, I live my life for myself, and that there is a lot of outside pressure from the world, but you kind of just got to kind of stick to what you believe in, and I mentioned in that episode as well. It shows that pressure, um, you know, it, the importance of standing your ground and living your life for, like I said, you and your way, your pace. It'll always be one of the most inspirational songs to me that Garth had ever done. And I mentioned it back in that episode. It's definitely very high up there on my playlist. It will never, ever leave one of those top spots. There's a lot of meaning in this song for me. So I was happy to have been able to 
to research it and talk about it back in episode four, and uh, nothing nothing has changed my mind since then, and I don't think it ever will. What, what about you, Aunt Deb? So in looking into this song this time, I actually found some new information that came out in 2017 that I hadn't caught then. As many people are probably aware, on Sunday, October 1st, 2017, there was a mass shooting at the Route 91 Festival in Las Vegas, where 58 people tragically lost their lives. But what I didn't remember is that on Monday, October 2nd, 2017, Garth did his Monday Facebook Live video, and he talked about that tragedy. He encouraged his fellow performers to continue working. He said, when things go bad, doctors go to work. When things go bad, policemen go to work. When things go bad, music and musicians go to work. Those people in those seats, they come to get away from it all, to be happy, to be joyous, to sing, and to love one another. That's what it's all about. So you got a gig tonight? The music starts tonight. Start it again. Start spreading the love. Start creating the greatest power music holds. And that's the power to heal. I love that. I found that quote and it just touched me so much. Isn't that amazing? And he was telling his fellow performers that even though this happened at a music festival, don't let that stop you from performing. Yeah. Like you have to go out there and still do it for the people that come to see you. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And then he performed, then in that Facebook Live, he performed a little bit of the change. And that just, that just really touched me. You know, we just, that's the thing, is just like the Oklahoma City bombing and just like the 91 festival, we cannot let the bad things that happen change us as people. Yeah. That really meant a lot to me. That's what that's what I took away from this research this time. Yeah, I love that. I'm so glad you found that. That's a just a cool thing. I'm not surprised coming from Garth, right? But I I didn't know it, and so I I love to hear that that he can still come out right after something like that and have such a good message. We as as Garth fans, you expect something so so um, impactful from Garth about situations like that. Um, it's not surprising, but it's good to hear it because I, I didn't know about it. But, you know, the song so many years ago, but to this day, it's like, you know, this things will things will always happen in the world. There is no getting away from it. It's just crazy to, you know, how important that song was then, you know, in October of 2017 and, you know, different things that can go on now and in the future. It's always uh, one that you can go back to and kind of just give you that little extra motivational tap on the butt to keep going, you know. Absolutely. Deb, did you have anything else or can we move on to song number seven? Yeah, that was it. Okay, well, we will pass it over to Pete then for song number seven. Yep, song number seven off the album, Fresh Horses, is The Beaches of Cheyenne. I cannot tell you how happy I am to have this one. The Beaches of Cheyenne was co-written by Dan Roberts, Brian Kennedy, and Garth Brooks. It became 
Garth's 15 Billboard number one in March of 1996. There's a story that Garth tells about the song. Originally, it was going to be something funny about a guy who always dreamed of being a cowboy and that he would come home and slip off his shoes, walk along the beaches and dream of Wyoming and cowboy things. And even as they thought that that was the original journey for this song, one time they were sitting down and they added the lyrics, every night she walks the beaches of Cheyenne. And instantly they all looked at each other and knew that this was going to be something, but it wasn't going to be funny. The song lyrics and the background instruments just paint the perfect picture for me. And, you know, we talk about Garth and his songs and lyrics that paint those pictures. And it's to this day, and I think it will always be, no matter what song we talk about, there's always something about it that puts you right there in that spot. And this one is the same thing. Like, you know, I could picture myself sitting there watching this story unfold on a beach. The story is about a man who participates in a rodeo and he draws a bull that no man could ride. And after drawing the bull, he actually ends up losing his life. His wife goes crazy after losing him, runs out into the ocean, never to be seen again. But the lyrics that if you go down by the water, you see her footprints in the stand. Those that could be some of the most powerful lyrics on this entire album. Like, that's it. I mean, that's the final chapter, I guess, to this this story about this man and this woman. It's always pulled the heartstrings a little bit for me. It always has, and and it always will. This song is definitely a song that always gets a repeat replay from me right away. I just, uh, I, I can't believe that it didn't peak any higher, peak at all, go to number one. Like, I mean, it was, it's a good one. Deb, what do you got for us? So I love the music in this song. I think it's especially the fiddle and the steel guitar. I mean, those really stand out for me. They're so great. And I love to hear them live. They're just perfect. And I I found that same information in researching it, that this was actually supposed to be an upbeat song, which mm-hmm. I just, that blows my mind. I cannot imagine that that at all. Yeah. And what a loss. Right? Because it's such a great song as it is. it's such a great song. Yeah. He actually said it was supposed to be funny and kind of a swinging kind of song. And I just think, what a tragedy that would have been. That would have been yeah, more right. of a tragedy than the actual song right. <laughs> and the tragedy that happens in this song because it just would have, we would have really missed out. And so the fact that it was supposed to be about a man and he just happened to flip it and say, she walks the beaches of Cheyenne. And then that changed the whole tenor of the song is just, I'm so thankful for that yeah. because yeah. it gave us what we have now today. So I think that's so interesting because it's perfect. I can't imagine it being any other way. And I I think we would have really lost out if they had gone for funny and swing and not what we got today. So I will um I, I'll actually link that article on our website so you guys can read it too. Jess, what did you think about especially thinking, you know, from a guy's perspective? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is another brilliant story song, and it's a tearjerker for sure. I did not know that it initially was anything other than what it's been written to be now. And so it kind of blows my mind, and I can't even imagine what that would have looked like. But I made note, too, of the the really beautiful fiddle breaks. It's that kind of sad sound, and then the good little guitar solos, the steel guitar as well. 
the line from this song that gets me every time is when it says, then I don't give a damn if you never come back from Cheyenne when they're fighting. Because my stomach still, even though I know the way the song goes and it's sad from the beginning, my stomach still sinks every time I hear that line. Because I think that's so identifiable. I mean, I think everybody, that's everyone's worst nightmare, right? That you say something to somebody that you love and something happens to them and you can never take it back. You can never make it right. Like, I think everybody has that fear. And so that moment in that song is is the one that gets me the most. And the other thing I made note of is to me, it, it was interesting about this song. It's one of those ones that I think everyone who was alive and listening to country radio at the time that it came out, I think even knows every word to this song, even though it wasn't like the dance or friends in low places. I still feel like it's one that like when he plays this at a live show, people still know every word to this song, which is interesting to me just given what it's about and the type of song that it is. And that just is a testament to the power of the song and the songwriters that, that it's so familiar to everyone still. Mm Mm-hmm. That exact reason is why it was a surprise to me that it didn't peak, you know, on the billboard much higher, go to number one. Yeah. Man, it's a good one. You know, when I started doing the research about it possibly being a funny song, like I'm thinking to myself, okay, how could this song have went from being funny, take out, you know, every night she walks the beaches of Cheyenne. And the only thing that kept coming to my mind was the whole story that Garth tells about Bob Dylan, where you get the lyrics, and I'm trying to think, I'm trying to make it funny. I just don't know how this song could be anything other than what it is. It is such a good one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for the beaches. And Deb, what do you got for us next? Song number eight is It's Midnight Cinderella. I got a few new magic tricks you got mother can't do. And I'll show you what it means to live, 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 It's Midnight Cinderella was written by the same trio that I mentioned in our last episode, and we've talked a lot about them in previous podcasts. Kent Blasey, Garth Brooks, and Kim Williams. What a trio. Right? That's your A-team right there. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Great song after great song. This was the fifth single released from Fresh Horses, and it peaked at number five on the U.S. country charts. It's an upbeat, fun song that plays off the whole Cinderella story. But it's a little bit more suggestive than the Disney version of the story, (laughs) which, again, (laughs) I like that kind of thing. So um, I've always liked this song. It's sassy and fun and naughty and upbeat. It's just about everything I look for in a song. And I I remember reading or hearing somewhere that Garth won't perform it live and I think it was something about it being too suggestive, I think. Oh, that's funny. I know. I'm not sure. I haven't been able to find any confirmation of that. But if it's true, I think it's too bad because I think it's fun. I think it's catchy. I love it. I would love to hear him sing it live. So 
that may be another sign I contemplate making. Not that he'll see it because I'm going to be sky high in Vegas where (laughs) he will not even see me, but a speck of an ant on the planet. We are now known as the Halo Group. Yes, that's right. We are the Halo Group. We are now known as the Halo Group. So Jess, do you have any additional thoughts to add on uh, It's Midnight Cinderella? I just, this song is so much fun. It's so clever. Uh, if you listen to the lyrics, there's so many great lines in it. I always chuckle when he says, by the way he's walking, I can tell where your slipper's at. <laughs> I have that exact same note. <laughs> I mean, it's just funny. It, like It pulls you in and just makes you kind of laugh at the story. The line that says there's going to be some changes in the way this story goes, because everyone knows the Cinderella story. Like, right. you know, everyone grew up with that classic fairy tale. But that's such a lofty promise to someone, you know, who's maybe been through it a few times in relationships to have somebody come in and say, we're going to do this totally differently. So I feel like it's a very hopeful song in that way from a female perspective, because here's this guy saying, I'm about to be different than all these guys that came before and didn't deserve you. And there's something about the song, I think just because it's a little silly and maybe a little cocky, like he sounds a little slick but also determined to prove himself. And that's appealing, I think, just for anybody, male or female, to be pursued by someone who really shows an interest and in, that they're invested in being with you. And I, I can't skip past this song ever. And honestly, it's on my playlist, but it's one that I'll just pull out of thin air sometimes and want to hear and I'll just go put it on and just stick it on repeat. I'm really bad about just listening to one song over and over again for a while. <laughs> and this is one that I can just put on repeat and play it until I decide I want to listen to something else. But uh-huh. How about you, Pete? Do you like this one? Okay, so all of my notes are the same, right? I love the lyrics, by the way. I, you know, he's walking, I could guess where your slipper is. Yeah. I mentioned that it's a really, really fun song. It's one that I turn up every single time. But can we just focus on the fact that this man, Gar, says the name yes. Peter so many times <laughs> in this song? <laughs> I knew you were going yeah. there. I almost brought it up and was like, is this your favorite <laughs> Garth song? Because yeah. he's like literally saying he's your like name calling over Calling out to you. And over again. And on this album, I mean, it's Peter, Peter. It's the 8th of, we're going to say July. I mean, it's just all kinds of stuff referring to me. But it is. It's a, it's a real fun song. And again, yeah, it's just, you know, I know that there's those ones that come on. You could just be in an average mood and this song comes on, it'll change it. It'll flip your attitude and your mood real quick. It's a lot of fun. God, it's a good song. It's a, I love the adult-like twist to the end of it, right? This, this story is going to change compared to the Disney one. So, yeah. yeah, good one. Yeah, and I like his confidence and his swagger in this one. I know for some people that can be annoying, but I mean, I love it on Garth. But right, <laughs> there's appeal to it. Yeah. It's appealing yeah, at the same time. I think with that, and then obviously the amount of fun that's in the song, I think it helps it not be so like in your face, like, come on, that's a big turn off. It kind of changes. It kind of flips the script a little bit for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It makes it more fun and you can kind of laugh at him being that confident and having that much swagger. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's go over to Jess for song number nine. Okay, guys. Song number nine is She's Every Woman. She's so New York. In LA, and every town along the way, and she's every place that I've never been. She's making love on rainy nights, she's a stroll through Christmas lights, and she's everything I want to do again. And it needs no explanation. 
She's Every Woman was written by Garth Brooks and Victoria Shaw. And Victoria, of course, also co-wrote The River with Garth, and we've talked about her before. And uh, we've discussed this song before, way back in our Love Songs episode. This was one of Deb's favorites, and I totally get that because I love it too. It was released August 28, 1995, as the first single off of Fresh Horses. And by October, it had reached number one on Billboard's Hot Country Singles chart. And it actually was his 14th number one song on that specific chart, which I totally understand because I still love this song and would listen to it. It's another one I would put on repeat and happily listen to it multiple times. I mentioned last time we talked about this song that I adore the line, she's so New York and then LA and every town along the way. She's every place that I've never been. But I could literally quote the entire song on this one because every line is so good, including the end of this stanza, which says she's everything I want to do again. Like there's just something so beautiful about that, just the way that it's phrased. So if you're a guy out there wanting to earn some points with your girl, this song will melt hearts, I promise you. It's basically three solid minutes of a man explaining all the things he loves about this woman in his life, and it's done so well. And I mentioned before also that musically, to me, it has a very James Taylor sound, which I love. And I can't even pinpoint the song necessarily that it reminds me of, but the second the music starts, I'm like, oh, this sounds like James Taylor. But lyrically, it's very poetic and insightful and touching, and I'll never not love this one with my whole heart. Uh, how about you, Pete? What do you think about this one? Give me a second. I'm going to go ahead and forward this link to my wife so she could listen to it. But, <laughs> <laughs> she uh, she is every woman. It's just all around a fantastic song and one of my absolute favorites. I, we've heard him do it a couple times in house cleaning at some shows, and it's uh, it's a good one. Again, another song that you just wish that the story would never end. And the background instruments, they always catch my ear, like always catch my ear. But in the lyrics, when he sings, she will rage just like a river, and then she'll beg you to forgive her. She is every woman that I have ever known. Like, that is a couple very powerful words in a short period of time. And I just love how the song tells her for who she is. And although tough at times, she's every woman that that man would ever want. Mm -hmm. Nobody's perfect, right, in a relationship or whatever. But there are those things where you're like, oh, you know, I might not agree with that. But ultimately, in the end, like that person is my rock, right? If I'm talking about my wife, that she is who she is and means to me what she does because of all of the really, really good. And then the things that might get a little bit tough. I mean, that's what creates and molds a person to, to be who they are. I can never forget the song. It's always one, again, that I would listen to over and over again. When Aunt Deb talked about it uh, back in the old episode, the same thing. It's just. God, I love going back through and listening to these songs because it just, I I really, I could just sit there and listen to the songs and not write a thing, not research a thing, just listen and listen (laughs) and listen. You just get lost in the lyrics and the sound of the song. And that's one other thing I love about this podcast is being able to do that. It just, it's really cool. Really cool. How about you, Aunt Deb? What do you got? Yeah. So like you guys mentioned uh, in season one, episode five, Love Songs, I picked this as one of my favorite Garth Love songs. And that is still true today. It's an amazingly tender and beautifully arranged production. And I think it fits Garth's voice to a T. I think the lyrics aren't afraid of being too tender or too cliche even. Some of them could be considered cliche and yet it works. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, listening to this song and the description of the woman, it's so well done. 
that I find myself wishing that I were more like her. Like I want to be (laughs) that woman that somebody thinks all of these things about me. That is just like, oh, to have someone think. And I'm, I mean, my husband loves me. Don't get me wrong. You're like, David, you're going to have to write some, write some love songs. Write me a song, David. I want you to love me as much as the guy in this song loves the woman in this song. (laughs) That's awesome. So yeah. And in looking into it this time, I actually found a video that was from January of 2017. It's Garth's daughter, Allie. She posted a video of herself covering this song on her Facebook page. And I mean, we've talked before. She is so super talented. Yeah. And her comment on this video was, honestly, might be the most well-written song to ever bless me. Wow. And I just was like, wow. Oh. So I will post a link to her video on our website. Because she does such a great job. Yeah, I'm going to have to go check it out. I don't think I even saw that one. I, I mean, I'm a big Alley fan, and I try to watch a lot of stuff that she does, and I haven't seen that one. I'd love to see it. It's really great. So I will put that out there so all of you can see it and enjoy it as much as I did. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, guys, we're going to take it over to Pete for song number 10. Okay, song number 10 off the album is Ireland. Just to look to say goodbye I draw a breath and night is broken As I scream our battle cry Ireland, The Closer, and To Be Honest, Ireland could not have went on a better album and in a better spot on any of the Garth Brooks albums, in my opinion. Ireland was written by Stephanie Davis, Jenny Yates, and Garth, and we've talked in depth about them. Fantastic, fantastic songwriters. A lot of number one hits from Garth. So I want to go over something that's a little bit more personal to me about this song and, and one reason why I requested to have it. This song is my brother Sean's favorite Garth Brooks song. If there's any Garth song that my brother Sean really knows, it's probably Ireland. And I think that that has a lot to do with the Irish background uh, in him. And then my brother-in-law, Jeremy, it's his favorite song. Because the beginning bagpipes in this song and the story behind it. There's something about bagpipes and my brother-in-law, Jeremy, that it's just always been a, a draw to him. So those two guys... Although they know Garth, they don't know any Garth song like they know Ireland. So it holds a little extra special meaning in in my heart as well. It took me many, many years and a little bit of the research that I did for this episode to really understand the entire story of the song. But it is definitely one that I will never, ever forget, and it will always hold a special place in my heart. The song just puts you in a military settings with the bagpipes as soon as the song starts just dead center in the middle of rolling fields of green in Ireland. The story of men not sure what they're fighting for, a young man that can hear a captain calling his name as he lays there bleeding, turning the men over to him to lead them into battle. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. 
But the one thing in the song that I learned this time was the importance of the song explaining that those men, they still had the element of surprise, knowing that the enemy is going to storm them in the morning. And the element of surprise is that the horses, they will hear their breathing a little bit more heavy as they draw closer. And as these these 40 men head into battle with each other, the captain, you know, all of them, they all come home to Ireland. It's just a fantastic story in a song. It's a song, but to me, it's more of a story. And we talk a lot about, again, songs that remind us of things. This song will forever remind me of my brother, Sean, and my brother-in-law, Jeremy. I'll never turn this song off. I will never turn this song down. And I will never let this song ever leave that little special place in my heart that it always has and always will have. So that's my thoughts on it. Deb, how do you feel about this one? To me, this song is the epitome of a Garth Brooks deep album cut because it's hugely popular with his fans. But because it was never a single, never released, there are probably so many non-Garth fans out there that don't even know it. Mm -hmm. And it's such a beautiful song that breaks my heart. I wish it could be out there for everybody to hear because it's so great. It's a folk ballad. It's an emotional ode to the Emerald Isle. The images invoked in the song are vivid and moving. And the music is not like anything else we've ever heard from Garth before this song or since this song. And so that music sets this almost like mystic tone to the storytelling. I mean, the lyrics are beautifully rhymed and they're haunting. And the music just carries all of that along. And as listeners, we follow that story to its predestined end, like we know going into it. I mean, we don't want to get to the end because we know what's going to happen to them. And we know what's waiting there for those 40 against hundreds. There's just no way that they're going to survive that battle. They just can't. They're so outnumbered. And so throughout the song, the chorus says, Ireland, I am coming home. But as listeners, we know they aren't coming home. And we know that they know that too. And so that final verse, ending with the singer dying, and then changing the chorus to instead sing, yes, I am home, Ireland. Mm -hmm. It just breaks my heart every single time. Like, I know it's coming every time, and every time the the idea of him at the end saying, I am home, always, before I even get to it, I'm already tearing up from it. Yeah. It's just every time. So what did you think, Jess? Yeah, this one always, always makes me emotional. So fair warning, I might not get through it, talking about it without choking up a little bit, but I can't handle war movies in general. And war stories, um, there's like the old country song Comanche about the a Custer's horse Comanche. I, I ball through it. I can't listen to anything like that. Um, and so this song in that way reminds me of all of those movies, all of those stories. Like I just can't listen to it without it just really getting to my heart. It reminds me of Bella Wood a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I can't help picture those brave young men preparing to die, knowing that's likely the only way they're ever going home to Ireland is, you know, the heavenly version of it. I love the waver in Garth's voice in this song. It's so recognizable as like an Irish folk sound. And again, it's very different than anything else we hear from him. And I like that. 
And I like that the music isn't slow and sad like you would expect for the story. But that almost makes it more emotional because I feel like the music like raises your emotional level that's already heightened because it's a sad story. So you're kind of almost torn between like laughing and crying at the same time or smiling and crying because it's like bittersweet. It's You almost feel that sense of like, but they're going home, but it's a sad kind of, you know, it's a happy sad. And there's an acceptance in the song. Like they know they're, they're going out, they know it, but they're proud and determined. They know they're going home, but there's pride in knowing that they're dying for a cause and comfort in knowing where they're going, mm-hmm. that, you know, it's home for them, whatever. I think, you know, if you were young and away from home and you knew you were about to die, I think if you pictured like the place that you grew up and the people you loved, that's kind of what heaven would be and what would be waiting for you or whatever the afterlife you would hope would look like. Right. And so I, I can't imagine someone listening to this song and not being impacted emotionally to a certain degree. I mean, you may not ball through it, but I can't imagine not being touched by it. Yeah. It's, it's like one of those songs that you're saying about the instruments, how, you know, how you kind of, it pulls you in a, it's almost like a song where you get to a point, you're on the edge of your seat, like what's going to happen next, and then it sits you back. Yeah. And then it kind of pulls you to the edge of your seat again, and then it sits you back. It's kind of like that. Like, that's kind of the way that I feel through it. Well, you saying that kind of makes me think it sounds like it's like a movie score. Right. Where you're you're waiting for something to happen, you know, and your your anticipation grows with the music. I guess a nod to the song is that hearing it so many times, like ultimately, you know, at the end what's going to happen, but it still has that draw. It still pulls you in. Yeah. And then lets you out and then pulls you back in. Yeah, I guess in that way, it's like the movie Titanic. I mean, we all knew the ship right. was going to sink, but we went to see the movie anyways. Yeah, Absolutely. And you're still just as devastated, even though you know it's coming. Except for Pete nope, shaking his head, no. no, no. <laughs> I just cannot. You're, with- <laughs> you're fired, Pete. You don't, and you don't watch any of our recommendations right. when we tell you. you I, I try, them. I try. But I mean, listen, Top Gun, Days of Thunder, we're going to talk about it all day long. <laughs> you should maybe stop watching the same movies over and over again and try some new ones. I'm just saying. Yeah. 2021 and you haven't seen Titanic? Come on. No. 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 <laughs> I've got Garth Brooks live at the wind. I could watch that. <laughs> I mean, that's true. <laughs> I guess that is an oldie but a goodie. Yeah. Okay, that wraps up our discussion of the last five songs from Garth's seventh studio record, Fresh Horses. And now, some Garthology breaking news. Breaking news. Hey guys, it's Deb, and I was on Inside Studio G today. Yay! <laughs> that was so awesome. So crazy. It was so great. Perfectly timed, too. It was. I sent in a video recording of myself asking Garth questions about fresh horses and about the old stuff, and he answered it. They picked my question. He answered it. It was a long answer, too. Now, granted, my questions were long. I had like three questions put in there. He answered both of them. He took a long time. He was very thorough with his answers. I was super excited. The video ends up being almost five minutes long. I know. I love that they let your whole question be in there because sometimes I feel like, and for time, they have to abbreviate, but I'm glad you got to answer the whole thing. Yeah. Me too. It was funny how Sam said, okay, now this is a long one. But I was sitting there and I was watching and he always talking about Garth and the Vegas show. And all of a sudden, bam, there's my aunt's face. And I was like, oh my God, it's her. (laughs) It was awesome. So I am going to put a link up 
on our website. I'll actually figure out if I can embed the whole video. I've pulled the video out of Facebook and I have a little, I have the whole thing. So I will see if I can embed that into our website because it's the super coolest thing that's ever happened to me. And let's not just bypass the fact that he called you doll two times. Two times. Garth Brooks called me a doll. You are a doll, friend. Ah, thank you. It's the best day ever. I may have to change my name on Twitter to Debbie the Doll. <laughs> and you know, there's a lot of love from a lot of the Garthologists uh, about it as well. So people are being very sweet, which is cool. That was really cool to see. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. Like Adam, Adam Legler sent me an email and congratulated me. Lois from Twitter also sent me a tweet congratulating me. So that was really super cool. Thanks, guys. That was awesome. Yeah, it's real neat. Now we'll go over to Pete for shout outs. Shout outs. Yeah, this week is a special shout out to me and probably you guys as well. One of Garth Brooks's biggest fans, Bubba Strauss, he's been such a uh, great support to the Garthology podcast. I've talked to him personally via text messages on a regular basis. Um, I know he's kind of been going through some health things lately. And I know he's on the mend and he's doing well. He's fighting a good fight. So Bubba, we just wanted to send out our bestest wishes to you. Um, you're in our prayers and we can't wait to see you at one of these shows, buddy. But a lot of love to you and your wife. Love you, Bubba. Love you, Bubba. We're thinking of you and praying for you and sending all of our very best. Just like us, the Garthology website is back and better than ever. Have you checked it out yet? If not, stop by Garthology.com today. Leave us a comment on our blog page and sign up for our newsletter at the bottom of the website. Plus, if you have any ideas for Garth topics that you would like to hear us cover, there's a special tab on our website for show ideas. So stop by there and drop us some suggestions. If we pick your idea, we'll give you a shout out too. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your podcast platform of choice. And if you are on Apple Podcasts, stop by there now and give us a rating and write up a quick review to let us know how we're doing and to encourage other Garth fans to listen. If you are in a Garth Brooks fan page on Facebook, be sure and share us with your group by posting about us or sharing one of our posts there. Help your friends in low places become Garthologists too. Yes, and speaking of friends in low places, we do want to mention our social media platforms. If you are a user of the Facebook, you can find us at facebook.com backslash GarthologyCast. And then on Instagram and Twitter, you can find us at GarthologyCast. We definitely appreciate the interaction with you guys on the social media. And another way, if you think that you have a friend or a family member, you guys can remember to always copy the pages to our different social medias and share it with them. We greatly, greatly would appreciate that. But going forward, we would love to continue to share and like, retweet, and interact with us on social. We do enjoy that time with you fans. And be sure to tune in to our next episode of Garthology, where Deb and Pete will be telling us all about their experience at the Garth concert in Vegas. I'm so jealous I wasn't there with them this time around, but I'm at home in Oklahoma growing a small person. My son's due to arrive at the end of August, and Vegas was a bit far for me to travel right now. But I know that despite the heat, they had a blast and have brought us a fun firsthand experience back with them. This episode will be coming to your podcast platform of choice on July 27th. So until then, 
This has been Season 2, Episode 18 of Garthology, and I'm Deb. I'm Pete. And I'm Jess, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Pete, maybe don't sit so close to your mic. Maybe that'll help. I mean, don't go, don't, <laughs> don't leave the room or anything. <laughs> Can you hear me now? <laughs> that was great. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and I mentioned last time we talked about this song that I adore the line, she's so New York and then LA and every town along the way. I'm going to start that over because I can hear my dog shaking and jingling in the background. So you can probably hear it on the recording. <laughs> <laughs>